0: Do you struggle to price your services for clients or find yourself procrastinating about writing or sending out proposals because you're not sure what to charge? If so, you're definitely not alone, but you're almost certainly undercharging and over-delivering and making yourself vulnerable to scope creep and maybe even feeling resentful about it because you're delivering far more to clients than agreed or what they paid for. I'm Janet Murray. I'm a business strategist and copywriter who helps consultants, coaches, freelancers and small business owners generate consistent income and recurring revenue. I'm also the creator of the Courageous CEO Business Strategy Planner, which contains tried and tested strategy and resources to grow your business. I'm big on strategy, which for me is always about simplicity and finding the easiest route to achieving your goals. And I don't have all the answers, who does, but I will share the questions you need to be asking to build the kind of business you want to run, and crucially, one you can scale or even sell in the future. In this episode, we'll look at how to price your services with confidence. Now, before we get stuck in a quick heads up, what I share in this episode might surprise you because many business owners just don't make the link between the kind of stuff I'm going to talk about and pricing their products or services. Because pricing confidence is not about knowing your market. For example, knowing the going rate in your industry or sector, or where to position yourself in that. Actually, it's about knowing your value. And I don't mean that in a kind of, you go girl, charge what you're worth, kind of personal development ick kind of way. I mean literally knowing your value in tangible, measurable ways. For example, how much time or money you can save or make a potential client. It's also about understanding something really crucial. Your clients need to be able to make a business case to themselves or to a colleague or a number of colleagues for investing in your service. And if you can't make a business case for investing in product or service, how the heck can you expect your clients to? And if you're struggling with pricing, it's usually down to a lack of clarity in one or more of these seven key areas. So the first is clarity on your niche or specialism. So many business owners resist niching or specialising because they fear they'll lose out on business. But actually, the opposite is often true. If you don't have a clear niche or specialism, everything is harder from writing the description on your LinkedIn profile to the about page on your website to just getting referrals and recommendations because it's hard for people to refer you when they don't really know what you do. It's also harder to get clarity on your services or offers, which means you can end up spreading yourself to your sin or taking on projects or clients that require additional research or just take longer to deliver because they're a little outside of your zone of genius. And projects or clients that take longer to deliver, well, they also typically take longer to price and write proposals for. So it can end up feeling like you're reinventing the wheel over and over again and every single time all of which can drain your energy and enthusiasm. And however much you may protest that what you do is too specialised and that every client is different, and believe me, I have heard it all over the years, if you're genuinely working in your area of expertise, your zone of genius, you'll only ever be offering two or three core services or variations of that. You won't need to do anything else because most clients really just want the same thing. So the second thing you need is clarity on the value you offer. To price with confidence, you must understand and be able to communicate the value of your offer in a way that helps your clients make a business case for that investment, either to themselves or to someone else, their boss or someone else in the business or company they work for. And you can't make a business case for investing in your offer by saying vague stuff like, I help my clients feel more confident or I save people time. To make a business case for investing in your services, your client needs to understand the tangible value. And by that, I mean the problem that's being solved and how it will ease their pain or maybe even eradicate it completely. So just to revisit those examples of tangible, measurable value, saving someone time or freeing them up for other more profitable activities, saving someone money or generating additional income. Saving someone from the pain of having to figure out how to do something new or something hard or just doing it themselves or just relieving anything that's causing pain. And I don't necessarily mean physical pain. I mean emotional pain, discomfort, worry, stress. So here's an example of what I mean by tangible value. So I worked on a white paper campaign for a client which involved drafting a 5,000-word white paper report which I then repurposed into three podcast episodes and also show notes for those podcasts and a set of social media posts. Now, the client told me on the sales call that it typically took them one full working week just to draft their annual white paper and then around three days for the podcast content. So that's a saving of around 70 hours right there. Eight more working days they could allocate to consulting for tech firms. That's what that particular client did. And not only did that make it easier for her to calculate the ROI of the commercial value and investing in my copywriting services, but in relation to those rates, it made it a bit of a no-brainer. So understanding the commercial value of your offer and how to communicate that in a sales proposal, well, it's one of the most invaluable skills you can ever learn as a service provider. However, while I wish I could tell you there is a magic rate card that outlines the commercial value of every service in every industry sadly there isn't because every business and every situation is different. What I can tell you is there are some key skills you need to develop to make pricing feel easier. So the first one is running an effective sales call. So when you can ask the right questions, that will help you to ascertain the commercial value of your offer. So how much time, money, hassle, investing in your service can help the potential client make or save, then you're far more likely to feel confident pricing your services. I'll give you an example here that puts this into context. So I was working with a client who was a web designer and they had been approached about working with one of those companies that designs these like swanky garden offices. And in the course of that sales call, the client shared that they'd bought the business from someone else and the first thing they discovered is that there was some kind of discount code that was live that meant that everyone who bought a shed or I can't remember if it was a particular type of shed was getting, I think it was a 15% discount. Now, had I been running that sales call, this is the question I would have asked then. So how many sheds have you sold with this 15% discount? And I would have added that up. And that would have been really useful data for me for my pricing confidence. Because without getting too much into the detail of it, but you're probably looking in excess of 10000 £15,000 for one of these swanky garden sheds. Loads more these days. I think I got mine about 10 years ago. So you only have to do the maths. On five or ten people getting 15% off, that's potentially a lot of money. And as a web specialist, you probably know, in fact, I think I would probably be able to do this, where to go and how to switch off that voucher code. So you know and you can very confidently say in your proposal that one of the things that you can do straight away is to fix that voucher code that's losing the money. The second key skill you need to develop is writing an effective client proposal because it's one thing to pick up that kind of information in a sales call and for you to understand how much money you could save or how much hassle you could save a client but being able to communicate that in your proposal is quite another. So you need to be able to write proposals that clearly communicate the commercial value of investing in your services and also include upsell options. Something I often notice with clients is that They do a sales call and the client says something during that sales call that clearly indicates they may need another service or a higher level of the service that they offer. But because the client asks them to quote for a very specific service, they don't go there. And you can and should. It can take a project that's a couple of thousand to a 10 or 15,000 project just by having the confidence to say, hey, I know you've asked for this, but I understand from our conversation that you may also need this. Is it okay If I add this into the proposal, and finally following up a client proposal, effectively, how often, what to say, whether you even follow up at all. Sometimes when I work with clients who are struggling to generate consistent, predictable income, I find out they're not actually following up or they're kind of like, oh, well, if they were interested, they'd come back to me. Not always the case. And you doing what you said you would do, when you would do it, may immediately mark you out from other people who have potentially quoted for that project. And why this might sound overwhelming, remember, sales is just a process. When you have an effective process in place and you're consistent with your sales activities, you do the same things each time, you treat all your clients the same, go through the same process, it's actually pretty hard not to sell and not to sell consistently. However, if you haven't focused on this before, it may be difficult to know where to start, which is why there's a specific session on running effective sales calls in my Courageous CEO Business Strategy Planner along with a sales call checklist and templates for client proposals and follow-up emails. I'll link to that in the show notes. And by the way, depending on the time of year that you're listening to this podcast, you'll either be directed to the sales page itself or the waitlist. And if you find yourself on the waitlist page, do make sure that you add your name and email address because I always offer some really generous pre-order discounts and bonuses when I publish a new version of the planner. So the next thing you need clarity on is your results. And something I don't hear many business coaches talking about in relation to pricing confidence is the importance of social proof. And not just for your clients, so not just having testimonials for your clients, but also for you. You also need evidence that you can deliver the results your clients desire because it really is hard to feel confident about pricing if you don't have proof you can actually save people time, help them make more money or whatever transformation you're promising to deliver. So this is where having effective testimonials come in. Testimonials that demonstrate that transformation you can offer. And this is not just about making sure you get testimonials, it's about understanding how to get the right type of testimonials and having a system in place to collect them. So When I work with clients who are struggling to generate consistent predictable income, one of the first things I look at is testimonials. And what I often find is if they have them, they're a bit vague, a bit wishy-washy. They focus on the person rather than the transformation. So they say, oh, she was really nice to work with or he was really reliable and delivered on time. Well, that's not really going to sell your product or service. And remember also that getting great testimonials isn't just about the services you offer. It's also about how you design those services in the first place. And when you have a service design and crucially a delivery process that makes it easy for you to demonstrate the value you offer and you collect evidence and data to support this, you're far more likely to feel confident with pricing, which is why you also need clarity on your offers and your services and who you're selling them to. Now, one of the problems with testimonials can be getting them in the first place. So many clients tell me they ask for them and they don't hear back and then they feel awkward about chasing. But I've learned over the years that there is an art to asking for testimonials, but also getting ones that actually do the job that you need them to do. Another key problem can be, and this can be a particular problem when you're starting a new business or even when you're launching a new offer. And yes, by the way, you do need to launch new services or offers. How do you even get testimonials when you haven't delivered a particular service before? This is one of the reasons I often recommend clients create a test offer for a new service at a lower price than they hope to charge in the future so they can get evidence of that transformation they offer in the form of testimonials. And they can actually test that service because the first time that we deliver something to a client, we're probably not going to get it right the first time and we're going to need to make tweaks, adjustments, we're going to need to improve that delivery, which is where having test clients can be helpful. And I've actually included a specific session and fill in the gaps templates that will help you get better testimonials and, and get that social proof that you need in my courageous CEO business strategy planner. Again, I will add a link to that in the show notes of this podcast. So the next thing you need is clarity on your offers and services, including and crucially, your key deliverables if you're not sure exactly what you offer or you keep flitting between different types of services or you quote for any inquiry that comes your way even if it's a bit outside of your expertise or your usual area that's another thing that can make pricing feel really hard because you're constantly having to start from scratch with every proposal so i know it can be annoying to get interrupted when you're listening to a podcast But if you're enjoying this podcast and you don't want to miss out when a new episode lands, and I do plan to drop some bonus episodes ahead of the new season, please hit the follow button on your favourite podcast app. You can do it while you're listening now. Not only will this make sure you don't miss out on any new episodes, but it will also help get this podcast in front of more listeners. Thank you so much. And now, back to the episode. Having clarity on your services isn't just about having a niche or a specialism, it's also about who you don't work with and the kind of work that you won't do, being really clear on that, but also about having key deliverables. So what will clients actually get when they work with you? So in my experience, the best way to achieve this is by creating packages. I talked about this in the last episode, that Chinese takeaway approach where you organize your services into options A, B and C that stipulate what's included at each price point. Again, I don't recommend you share this with your clients, this is for you to make it easier for you to put together proposals and price quickly and efficiently. And it also helps you stay in your lane. In other words, if it's not on the menu, you shouldn't be quoting for it. If you think you couldn't possibly create packages for your services, that your clients are all too different, like I say, I've heard it all before, what I share with you now might blow your mind. In the copywriting side of my business, I offer two types of done with you content campaigns. So there's a thought leadership content campaign, so newsletter campaigns, social media posts, blogs, podcast seasons, white papers, reports, books, ebooks, online courses. And the other type of campaigns I offer are launch content. So that might be for digital product launches, email lead magnets, ebooks, events. And by the way, there is a specific episode on this coming up. So that's a lot of different campaigns, right? But I actually have just one package for all of the content campaigns I offer with three pricing bands, which makes it really easy and quick for me to price projects and send out proposals. It's also easier to deliver because I know exactly how many emails or newsletters or blog posts I need to create at each price level. And interestingly, business owners frequently tell me they can't create packages for their services, that every client is different. But it really isn't true. I've used this method to create Packages and banded pricing for every kind of client you can possibly think of—from accountants to psychologists to management consultants to bid writers to designers to doula's—you name it. I've helped somebody create a package who often didn't think it was possible. So, if you're struggling to create packages for your services, it's not because you can't, but there are some common reasons why you think you can't. So, one of those is not being clear on your niche. So, you're kind of hedging your bets and kind of taking projects that maybe aren't fully in your area of expertise because perhaps you're afraid that if you don't you won't get any other work. You're afraid possibly to turn clients down but also crucially you don't have rinse and repeat deliverables. So what are rinse and repeat deliverables? Well in my packages and those I help my clients to create there are common deliverables at every price level and depending on the service it could be anything from a strategy or a report that's quite common for consultants or coaches. So it could be style or brand guidelines. So that's quite common for designers, creative types, shoot lists. So that's common for photographers or other creative roles or bespoke checklists. So that might be common with professional organisers, tutors, someone delivering that kind of service and having common deliverables that are delivered at every price level, but usually there's more of them or they're more in-depth at a higher price point, well, this allows you to save time and be more efficient on delivery because you're not having to think for each client, oh, what should I offer them? You know what you offer them. You offer every client at this price point an in-depth strategy report, a checklist on whatever it might be, and a style guide or whatever it might be. Now, if you're stuck for ideas, there is a checklist of rinse and repeat deliverables and some training content on this in my business strategy planner. And I think you'll find this really useful when you're creating packages for your service. However, if you're like some of my clients, you may not be convinced. You might think that having rinse and repeat deliverables is just not possible because every client is different. But again, it's just not true. When you have a process and you have ready to go templates, you can create something bespoke for a client in no time. And when you have that kind of Chinese menu type approach, yes, you can make small adaptations that don't take you ages and make them slightly more bespoke. But most of my clients are really surprised that once they start doing this, they don't actually need to. Resisting this can also be a sign of something bigger, though, actually. And for me, it's often a sign that you're not owning your expertise. So if you're not able to dictate or set the agenda in terms of what deliverables you think your clients will need at each price level, you're letting your clients lead you rather than being the expert that you are. So to give you an example for my own business, the copywriting side of my business, I may get a prospective client for my digital product launch content campaign, for example. And they might say to me that they only want five launch emails rather than Mm -hmm. the seven to nine that I recommend. Or they might say, no, I don't need you to look at my sales page. Or they might ask how much I'd charge just to do the bits they want. But as a strategic copywriter, I know that to get them the results that they need, I need to see all of the content in their funnel. So I need to see the sales page. I need to see the follow-up emails. I probably need to see their email lead magnet if that's part of their funnel. And just working on their launch emails, for example, because that's all they want to spend and they don't think there's anything wrong with their sales page, will not get them the results that they need because I know to get the best results. The messaging, the content all needs to be consistent. And I may need to possibly not write their sales page from scratch or rewrite any of their other copy completely, but there certainly may be some rewriting, editing needed, and some tweaking of that funnel to get them the best results because that's my area of expertise. I also know the optimum number of emails or the word count that they need in their campaign because I'm the expert on this stuff. And if I wasn't, well, why would they want to hire me? The next area you need to be clear on is your ideal client and not in the client avatar kind of way. I'm talking about your ideal client being one who can actually afford you. Now, I've already shared my feelings on client avatars in this podcast series. You know, that idea of listing out your ideal client attributes, where they like to shop, what car they drive, which designer handbag they lust after or whatever. And I've shared that I don't like that approach because I think it can often lead to people trying to sell products or services to people who don't want to buy them and wasting a lot of time. But the other problem I have with client avatars is that they miss a really, really key point about pricing and your ideal clients. Your ideal client must be able to afford you. And if you understand the value you provide and you can communicate that effectively to the right people, you can charge whatever the heck you want. As long as you have a lead generation and sales strategy in place that will help you attract people who see the value and can afford to pay your rates you can charge anything. So for example, at the time of recording, my done with you online course creation campaigns cost upwards of £5,000 and significantly more for those who also want to invest in other campaigns, for example, launch content. Now for the right client, this is a no-brainer and not just because they know how much time it will save them. It's also because in relation to the income from their own business... It makes sense because they know they could generate that figure much more easily in their own area of expertise or they have allocated a budget for content and they can see that this investment in their content is going to have the biggest impact on the business because they are really on it with their business numbers and they understand how to calculate the ROI of an investment. Also though, you have to remember that value is relative. So for example, if you're planning to charge two and a half thousand for your digital program, and you already have a warm list of prospects. You could sell your online course to people you're already doing business with or have done in the past. Investing in my Done With You course creation could be an absolute no-brainer. If you're thinking about charging £25 for your digital product and you earn less than that an hour or, or the same for your call service, well, maybe it won't feel so much like a great investment for you. The other crucial thing to remember here is that people aren't paying for your time. They're paying for years of experience and the expertise that allows you to do something that they can't or something that you can do much more quickly and do it better because it's your specialist area. So if someone thinks my done with you course creation service is expensive, that does not mean I'm overcharging. I know I'm not. In fact, I'm pretty sure there are people out there who charge more, but I feel really confident in that pricing because for the right client for me, I can see the return on investment. I can make that business case for them in my own copy and also I can help them make the business case to themselves on a sales call. I also crucially have evidence that I'm not overcharging because there are enough people out there who both understand the value of the service and are happy to pay me for it. So my ideal client for this service is not someone who wants to sell a £25 course and however much I might want to help that person, it doesn't make sense for me to focus on that type of client in the overall context of my business and lifestyle goals. So if you're coming up against resistance to your pricing, remember, it may not be because you're too expensive. It could be because you're focusing on the wrong clients. You're actually focusing on people who can't afford you. So rather than struggling to persuade people who can't afford your services, or God forbid, reducing your prices, you may be better to seek out clients who both value and can afford your services. You may even be better to look to selling your services to corporate companies rather than individuals. So the next area you need clarity on is your capacity. So what can you actually deliver in the time that you have available? And taking a rinse and repeat approach to deliverables really helps with this because, for example, me knowing how long it takes me to complete the different types of deliverable I offer, so I know roughly how long it takes me to create a campaign of seven to nine emails or show notes for six podcast episodes or 12 email newsletters, well, that means I can calculate how many copywriting clients I can manage at one time, which has a direct impact on my pricing. For example, I might have the capacity to deliver four copywriting campaigns a month at my current rates, but is that actually commercially viable? And if it leaves me under my target income, I may either need to adjust the offer itself so it takes less time to deliver, adjust those deliverables or adjust my prices. So, of course, you also need clarity on your target income. and It's so hard to be confident with pricing when you don't have a clue what you actually want or need to earn. But I frequently find clients don't know or they say things like, oh, it would be nice if I could earn this amount of money, but there's no strategy there to help them achieve this. And setting income goals is not about sticking your thumb in the air and guessing what you could earn or even what you think you deserve to earn compared to others with similar skills or talents. And there's also a difference between what you need to earn to meet your financial commitments and what you'd like to earn. And if you don't know even what you need to earn, which I find is fairly common, it's, it's almost impossible to set those more aspirational income goals. Setting realistic income goals and actually achieving them can only happen if you have data to work with, which leads on to the final thing we need to talk about on pricing confidence. And that's your lead generation and sales process, because it's all very well knowing how many clients you can manage at one time and what you think you could charge based on the value you deliver and what you need to charge to achieve your target income. But having a lead generation and sales process that supports this and actually makes it happen, that's quite another. So a key question you need to ask yourself when considering how to price your services is whether you have a reliable and tried and tested lead generation and sales process. If you're relying on a process you haven't tried before, you won't have any data to work with. So what this means is not only will you probably need to be more conservative in your targets and review them quite regularly at first, Or you may be better to stick with something that you already know works. So for example, if you know that you're quite good at converting from sales calls and your conversion rate is 80%, then you're far more likely to be able to reach your income goals or exceed them with a process that already works. And I've already touched on this, but something I I do see quite regularly when clients are struggling to generate that consistent, predictable revenue is that they're not sticking to anything long enough to gather the data that they need to decide what's working and what isn't, and to adjust accordingly. So I always recommend sticking consistently to one key lead generation sales process for at least 90 days. And I will get more into this in upcoming episodes. I know I've shared a lot with you in this episode, but even if you feel a bit overwhelmed and feel like you might need to come and listen to this episode again, if you take away one thing, I hope it's this. Pricing confidence is actually about confidence. (laughs) It's about being confident in the value that you offer, the transformation you can provide to your ideal customers or clients and confidence comes from experience and intentionally collecting evidence that you can deliver. Now, I go into this in a lot more detail in my paid trainings, but if pricing is an ongoing problem for you, some key questions to ask yourself are, am I articulating the value that I can provide in a way that makes sense for my ideal clients? And crucially, Am I targeting clients who can afford me? Because if you're targeting clients who will see your service as a cost or an expense rather than an investment, something needs to change. In the next episode, we'll look at what to do when no one's buying. In other words, how to troubleshoot a sales problem. If you're finding the content in the Courageous CEO podcast useful, then make sure you join the waitlist for my 2024 Business Strategy Planner so you can grab the pre-order discount and bonuses, which are only available for a limited time. These tried and tested resources have helped my clients save time and make more money in their business. Like professional organizer, Victoria Vance, she generated 2,800 pounds worth of new business using just one of the templates that you get with the planning system. Rowena Wilding, a marketing consultant who used the planning system and the resources to reduce her working week to three days without reducing her business income. And Zoe Willingham, a dog behaviorist who increased her business income, which was already at six figures by 20% using the strategy and templates in my business strategy planning system. The courageous CEO business strategy planner, includes a gorgeous A4 desk planner, and there's a digital version too, a 60 minute audio training, and a template and checklist to help you implement the systems and processes you need to grow your business. Order during the last week of August, 2023, and you'll also get my Thought Leadership Strategy Training and a copy of my new book. That's over 150 pounds in free bonuses alone. I will add a link to get your business strategy planner in the show notes of this podcast, but please make sure you don't leave it too late because those discounts and bonuses are only available during pre-order week, which ends on September 4th.